Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk About Sleep Baby podcast, a podcast for tired and busy parents where we will share all of the tips, tricks and strategies to have your little one sleeping soundly again. I am your host Ash Perry and the founder of Sleeps and Leaks Consulting and I can't wait to get stuck into today's episode. I would be so grateful if you had a spare moment to just leave a little rating or review if you are enjoying the content that we're putting out on this podcast. Thank you so, so much. All right, today, guys, we are going to be talking about nap transitions. So on my Instagram during the week, I popped up a question box for people to do a bit of a general Q&A that I was going to cover in today's episode, but I actually had an overwhelming response of people asking questions about nap transitions. So I thought, do you know what? I'll turn this episode into a nap transitions episode um, to cover off those questions that I got from many of you, thank you. And for the other questions that sat outside of that, I will shoot you back a message if I haven't already um, to give you some guidance on the other specific questions that you had. So thank you for those for, for those of you that took some time out of your day to um, fire off some questions. It's always so helpful to know that what I am putting out is helping you and answering your questions around sleep. So nap transitions can be a tricky one. So this is a very common question that I get in my DMs, in my emails, just in general. So mainly I am today going to be talking about the transition from two to one nap and then one to zero. So they're kind of the main transitional phases that obviously are big jumps when babies do hit those milestones. But talking about going from three to two naps just quickly, that will often be the case and will generally happen sometime around that seven to eight months. So usually what happens is babies might be having a slightly shorter morning nap, hopefully a longer lunch nap, and then another little power nap. Usually I recommend somewhere around about half an hour in the later afternoon as their third nap. And usually that is the one that will disappear sometime around about that seven to eight months of age. So that's usually a pretty easy, when I say easy, no transition is easy, but a bit of an easier transition compared to the transitions that I'm going to be talking more about today because it's literally just that late afternoon nap that disappears. And usually what has happened by that point is that babies have suddenly become able to be awake for much longer between naps. So their wake windows have extended and usually people, parents just find that they run out of hours in the day to get that last nap in. So without it being at like 6pm and then not going to bed until say 8.30, usually the hours of the day just run out. So by the time they have their morning nap for say up to an hour, perhaps a longer lunch nap, the hours of the day just disappear to fit in that last half an hour nap, or you can just bring forward bedtime. So if you're in that kind of six, seven, eight months now, and you think that your baby might be ready to drop that afternoon nap, absolutely what you can do is shorten it first. And this, you'll you'll hear this a lot in this episode about reducing before removing. So I always recommend reducing the nap that we are eventually getting rid of in these transitional phases before just removing it altogether. So the last thing we want to do is create overtiredness in your baby. So the best thing to do is to hold on to each nap for as long as you possibly can until it starts to really disrupt other naps or bedtime or the middle of the night wakes or whatever might be coming up for you and your family. Um, reduce it even if it's down to 15 minutes, at least it might be something that can get your baby through rather than just removing it when they're too young 
time and it's too early. So that's probably my biggest advice around the three to two transition. But getting into the two to one, because I did have a couple of questions around this about how to go about it, what happens, when, when will my baby be ready, will I know, those types of things. So hopefully this will cover off many of those questions that popped through. So going from two to one nap. So whatever your nap structure looks like for your baby, I'm a fan of the short, long routine. If you've listened to my episodes before, or you're, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I am a bit of a fan of the short, long routine, which means babies take a short morning nap and hopefully a much longer and restorative lunch nap. So at around 13 to 18 months, that's fairly standard. I mean, that's quite a wide age range, but that's very typical of when babies will be ready biologically and you will be looking at um, dropping their naps from two to one. So if you're following, if your baby is following a short, long routine at the moment, they're still on two naps. What that might look like is something like say half an hour in the morning and that might be like 9.30 till 10 in the morning and then a long afternoon nap which might be somewhere around 12.30 till 2.30 or 1 till 3, something like that. The only thing I suggest is for all sleep, aside from when babies are newborn babies and they literally sleep around the clock and even when they have still three naps I always recommend getting the majority of the day sleep between the hours of nine and three so if your baby is currently sleeping beyond 3 p.m in the afternoon a first step might be to start bringing that back to be awake by 3 p.m 2 30 depending on what their routine looks like but that's what a short long routine would look like for a baby who's on still on two naps on the flip side for someone for some of you out there that are on a bit more of a medium medium routine that might look something like an hour in the morning or even an hour and a quarter and maybe an hour and a quarter to an hour and a half in the afternoon so it's a bit more of the say two and a half hours split in the middle rather than say two hours at lunchtime and half an hour in the morning and there's no right or wrong I just find that the short long routine makes these nap transitions which we're talking about here much more seamless and a little bit easier to transition with as opposed to a medium medium routine where we are looking at sort of taking a big chunk of their sleep away in the morning and sort of trying to reposition it at lunchtime so a little bit of background there so when around about 13 to 18 months is very standard common for babies to be ready to drop from two to one naps. That's not to say that babies can't be ready earlier and won't, you know, can still be napping really well after 18 months. It's just standard within that age range. Um, So the first thing probably to look at would be to make a slight tweak to their routines. So if you've decided what you might be experiencing is you might be having your little one go down for say their half an hour lunch, uh, sorry, their half an hour morning nap, and then it can be a real battle to get them down for their lunchtime nap. Usually they're the signs that things might be starting to need tweaking. So as I touched on earlier, I always recommend reducing before removing a nap completely. So initially, rather than just dropping from dropping their morning nap completely might start the process of just reducing it. So it might go from half an hour to 20 minutes to even 15 minutes, which might feel ridiculous. But if it means that you can hold on to that nap for a little bit longer, especially if your baby is still at the younger end of the scale, just reduce it to see if that impacts what you've been experiencing and what led you to think that maybe it's time to start removing it. So you might just have to tweak the routine a little bit, the timing of when they have their morning nap and their afternoon nap. And again, most of what you're going to be changing will be around that morning nap because that is what you will remove eventually when they go to a one nap routine. So 
do that first and then if you're sort of if you're definitely at the point where the um the tune-ups need to go and you've got to go down to one the first thing that I would recommend is bringing the lunchtime nap earlier and gradually pushing that out so often obviously the biggest thing is that the morning wake window will suddenly be so much bigger than what your baby has previously had because they've had it broken up by a morning nap. So most of the time parents will find that they might need to bring that lunchtime nap, what may have previously been say 12.30 or one o'clock, it may need to come back say a whole hour earlier just to allow your little one to actually get to that lunchtime nap without being too overtired. So sometimes parents find that bringing it as early as even 11.30, which might mean tweaking when they have lunch and if they're still having a bottle or they're breastfed, having those feeds, the whole routine around that middle of the day may need to change temporarily. But as I always say, we want to avoid overtiredness at all costs because that that is what can really play a part in disrupting all naps and night sleep. And that's something that we definitely want to avoid. So the first step when you've um, realized that you need to drop your baby's naps from two to one would be to bring that lunchtime nap earlier. So even if it's 11.30, you can start at 11.30. They might sleep till from 11.30 to one or 11.30 to 1.30 or however long they sleep, probably looking at capping it at around that two to two and a half hour mark so that it doesn't cause too much disruption with their night sleep. We definitely don't don't want them to oversleep during the day and then start to have split nights during the nights and those types of things. But um, what you can do if you find that your baby is going to going down fine at 11.30, definitely ready for their nap, you can start the process of gradually pushing that out later by just adding five or 10 minutes on every few days um, really slowly and gently. And this might be after the initial transition that where they've dropped down to one nap happens. So allow them to go to bed at 11.30 if that's what they need for a little bit of time while it all settles down and they settle into the routine of just having, having one nap. And then what you can do is just add five or so minutes every couple of days. So it might be 11.35, 11.40, 11.45 and just get that little bit later slowly and steadily until um, the nap time gets to a point that you're quite happy with the routine. So whether that's 12.30 is usually a pretty happy medium there. You might be aiming for a lunchtime nap of like 12.30 to 2.30 or something like that. Still gives them plenty of awake time in the afternoon before their bedtime. So that's what I would recommend. Um, don't get too hung up on the fact that their lunchtime nap will be so much earlier than what they were previously having. It's such a big change. It's also also such a big day for a little person to be suddenly awake for the whole morning. And you might find that I know that mornings are sort of the times when we generally have our activities, so swimming and music dancing, those types of things, usually mornings are pretty busy. So they will be tired come that um, lunchtime nap. It needs to be early for them to get through and to avoid overtiredness. And you can work on pushing it out um, much later. So I had this conversation with a friend who actually just messaged me the other day saying her little boy had just gone to one nap. And, you know, at the moment he's going down as early as 11 o'clock sometimes. um, And that's working really well for them. He's awake for, has a really good afternoon and just goes to bed earlier and that's working really well for them at the moment. Um, and I just talked her through this exact process of pushing it out when she feels that that might need to get a little bit later to help with the afternoon or as his um, little body starts to get used to being awake for that big chunk of time in the morning. So that's um, they're sort of the first steps that I would recommend taking uh, to reduce down to one nap. So 
definitely what I can't stress enough is don't be too quick to remove the nap if there's just a few bumps in the road. So as you've probably experienced, if you're in this category at the moment, because your baby's probably at least 12 months old, if not much older, sleep can change in an instant. There is so much that can impact sleep. We've got illness, teething, especially around 12 months, they start to get those nasty big back teeth, which is our little boy Jack's, you know, having that at the moment. They have significant physical and cognitive development happening around these times. So there can definitely be bumps in the road that can bring on some sleep difficulties, but um, don't be too quick to just assume that they need to drop down to one nap again, especially if your little one is at the younger end of the scale. So if they're just turning one, for example, please don't be too quick to drop them down to one nap because what can happen is initially they might be fine and you might suddenly have less disruptions as to what you were having but over time what will happen is the overtiredness levels will really increase and then their night sleep will be all over the place they'll suddenly be waking for large periods of time overnight just so overtired and it sort of has this cumulative effect that is very hard to to then bring back so just don't be too quick to jump to that solution if you feel like that's the answer if they're on the younger side just because they've had some of these significant milestones you know a lot of babies start to walk in this period you know I know that our boy Jack he still has two naps he's just gone one last week which I can't believe um he suddenly right bang on his birthday pretty much at one um suddenly had you know a few night wakings where he previously had been sleeping so amazing and like part of that was he learned to stand up in his cot he's so much more busy he's trying to walk he's standing up on everything he'd stand up in the cot and wouldn't be able to get himself back down they um do have a little bit of a regression at 12 months often which is just all around physical development usually and separation anxiety can actually start to play a really big part at this particular age as well um babies do become very in tune with the fact that bedtime means a long period of time away from you so you might suddenly experience the bedtime battles that you didn't previously have. So all in all, the underlying message of this is don't be too quick to jump to one nap if you feel like your baby isn't ready just because they have a few little um, rough or rocky nights. So that's two down to one. Then we get into one down to no naps, which feels huge. And I remember, so for those of you who might be listening for the first time, uh, we have Jack who just turned one and our daughter Elle is about to turn four in February. So I, I remember this time, I think it's burnt into my brain. I was pregnant with Jack. Elle was about two and a half at the time when she dropped her last nap, so her lunchtime nap. Previously, she'd had no worries. She initially started to um, to throw it in a little bit at daycare, which is fair enough. You know, it's so busy and noisy at daycare. I don't know how, how kids sleep there at all. Um, but she was still having a really good nap at home, sometimes up to two hours still. And then it was just like a switch flicked. So she was two and a half. I was pregnant thinking, oh my gosh, this is such a long day for a little person to be suddenly awake for 12 plus hours. So um, very similar to the things that I mentioned in the previous about going from two to one, don't drop it too early. Start the process of reducing it first before removing it. So I know parents who have gone from, you know, they might've had a baby who was able to nap for one and a half hours, even two hours without bedtime being disruptive, nighttimes being interrupted at all 
to dropping it sort of gradually by 15 minutes. You know, it might go from an hour and a half down to an hour and a quarter, then an hour, just gradually dropping it. Even if it gets to the point that you're literally allowing your baby to only have, well, they're a toddler by this point, to have even half an hour, it can really just help them take the edge off the tiredness levels for the day and just give them the kind of (laughs) strength and energy to get through the rest of the day. So don't be afraid to allow them to have a really short nap and wake them um, before removing it completely because it is such a big jump to having no no nap at all. So usually this will be happening anywhere around two and a half years plus. I know plenty of three and a half year old um, toddlers that still have a really good nap and it doesn't wreak havoc with their, their other routine at all. So very much individual to each baby like everything is, but um, usually between two and a half and three, most children will show signs of needing to at least reduce the nap and eventually phase it out. So I would highly recommend when you're in the process, so you may have reduced it, reduced it, reduced it to basically you you have no choice but to drop it completely. And if it gets to the point that your toddler is still quite disruptive or still won't go to bed until 9pm, that will be the time. But I would highly recommend reducing some form of quiet time in the middle of the day, which might be that timing of when they did previously nap instead of napping. So with Elle, this is just my experience. So she went from having it every single day, like all kids do, to having it basically every sort of second to third day because she would only have it when she was at home and not at daycare. So she would kind of nap, say, four or five times a week and not the other two or three. Um, so that can be a really good strategy as well. You can try just doing it every other day to begin with, just a short nap, just to hold on to it for that little bit longer. Like I said, overtiredness is the devil. Try and avoid it at all costs. But then when it um, yeah, gets to the time that it is gone from every single day, introduce some quiet time. So we would put on – Elle's not a big TV kid and she definitely wasn't at two and a half when, when, we would, when we were going through this. We allowed her to watch a little show that she could choose. We'd, she'd curl up on the couch or we'd make a little bed for her, watch her little show for an hour or so. She wouldn't ever really doze off at all, but she would just have that quiet downtime. Um, I'd – try and, you know, dim the lights a little bit, wouldn't have too many other noises happening so that she could have that bit of a breather in the middle of the day. So I would highly recommend doing that if you're in this process right now. And that doesn't, it doesn't need to be TV. It could be books. It could be even laying in bed with some cuddly toys, um, something that's really positive for them, something that's special for that time as well. Some people have a little box of, you know, quiet toys that just come out at that specific time, whatever, play to your little one's strengths, whatever works for your family, whatever they need, whatever you need at that particular time. But I would definitely um, recommend breaking the day up with an hour or so of quiet time, whatever that looks like. So that worked really well for us. And actually she's nearly four, she's four in a couple of months and we still do something similar. She has a little bit, bit of a lay down on the couch and at the moment she's watching bananas in pajamas. Um, just to have that downtime to kind of recoup for the rest of the day so that it um, makes those late afternoon hours a little bit more tolerable. Um, and of course, I would highly recommend as well during this time bringing bedtime earlier. So some toddlers go to bed as early as 6pm when they've just transitioned to one nap because that might still be 12 hours after they woke in the morning. It depends what their routine looks like in terms of when they wake in the morning. And yeah, that might that might bring on a slight 
slightly earlier rise for a period of time, but it's definitely important to get them into bed if they're showing signs of being really tired by the end of the day. And they will because it's a big day and they're busy at this particular time. You know, they're running around, have lots to do. Um, Don't be afraid to bring that bedtime much earlier, even earlier than what might feel comfortable. And it it just means rejigging everything, getting the dinner into them, getting them ready for bed and trying to still have that nice wind down time before um, getting into bed at an earlier time. So that kind of covers those transition time, um, nap transition times, guys. I hope that really helps those of you. It was so funny just putting the Q&A out there and having so many questions relating to nap transitions. But rest assured, if you did ask a question that didn't relate to nap transitions, I will get back to you with some, um, some answers to your questions. But thank you so much as always for joining me in today's episode. I hope that you got a lot out and this is something that you can apply to your little one. As always, we're here to help and guide you with your little one's sleep and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Sleeps and Leaps. And thank you. Bye for now. See you next time. Bye guys.